Hello there. This is Jim the Keys bartender. Sorry I let the music play so long. Uh, you know, we don't have many uh, many live listeners, but this is Jim the Keys bartender coming from Key Largo. I'm solo today. Uh, not by design. Well, by design. Uh, it is beautiful in the Keys. We're in, a, I guess, the mid-70s right now. It's uh, sunny. Uh, Friday. Friday. Then, if, you know, people come in. I'm a bartender. I want to talk about Happy Friday. You know, really, really it doesn't need to be said Happy Friday to you. How miserable are you with your job that you're just dreading the Mondays and celebrating the end of the week? Uh, Fridays, if you're a bartender, Fridays are the beginning of your week. At least the way I see it, the busiest time. Unless you're one of the, you know, you just work days, maybe, or something like that. Not that it makes you less of a bartender or, a, you know, service staff or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it really helps to really enjoy what you're doing and not dread and that not be put off by Happy Friday. Uh, I just, I did have said a couple times, you know, you say Happy Friday, but I hear Monday. You know, Looks like someone has a case of the Mondays. Well, fuck that. I do not have a case of the Mondays. I'm getting ready for work. I'm happy to go to work. This is where I make my money, and I, I enjoy it. Um, I hope there's not a pause. Okay, there we go. So, uh, the, uh, this episode, I'm going to call it COVID Christmas. And because that's going to be the probably the preeminent thing we remember from 2020. And that's something... We're going to share worldwide. When I say worldwide, it's when you're years from now, when you talk to anybody from almost any country in the world, you're going to have this to share with them, what your experiences were going through this. And that kind of brings us together when you have a shared experience, right? Just remember uh, the people that survived the Poseidon adventure, um, any zombie movie, God, almost anything, you know, you know uh, that when you survive uh, stressful times, you just have a shared camaraderie. And I think uh, Christmas is going to do that. But inter- like I said, internationally, and another fun thing, because I'm a podcaster, sometimes I talk to people that are on in radio. And not because I'm a podcaster. What am I saying that for? I know people that work in radio. And I know one, particular one, Mark Mills, he's a great guy. He did a morning show here in the Keys, and he does a podcast now. And Mark Mills is a very intelligent man. He talks about, he's very well read and a very thoughtful person, but he did a radio show and he used to comment on the news and things like that. And he had a, a, a radio shows in the afternoons. He would take on the it was a, a traveling show. They would do live shows from local bars and restaurants. But some other people, there's in, in radio that aren't as familiar with podcasting. And they, um, they're they on terrestrial radio. And they, I think people are reticent to move to new technologies or new fields because it's kind of scary. And if you have a radio station, you invest a lot in a license, equipment, 
and things like that. And podcasting is so, uh, what do you call it? It's so low cost. I mean, some people spend thousands and thousands of dollars. I think my whole setup here cost, uh, let me see. Well, I, I mean, I use a laptop that I had anyway. It got it fixed a couple times. That was a couple hundred. I paid for the the uh, app, the podcasting service. So, I, but total hardware cost probably cost me over around seven hundred dollars total. And but the cost of paying for the services probably ran a couple thousand. So if I talk to someone in radio, they go, oh, my God, you have a radio station and all this stuff. And it costs hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars for any going into the millions, obviously, for more. Let's say where they have the affiliated uh, uh, ones where they go to affiliate markets and things like that and towers and and broadcast equipment and all this stuff and paying on air talent. Uh, I don't, obviously I make very little money, but then again, I'm not much of a talent, but what I do have is an international audience. And ever I talk to somebody in radio, I will, uh, I've just recently made a list and this is just listeners in the last four months. I've had listeners in the, well, obviously international, I'm going to count this country, the U.S., India, the Russian Federation, United Kingdom, Germany, Canada, Spain, Australia, Austria, Netherlands, Switzerland, Italy, Romania, Nicaragua, Ivory Coast, Martinique, South Africa, France, Iran, Thailand, Japan, Tibet, Turkey, Sweden, Finland, Norway, Holland. No Denmark yet. Hmm. And what about Monaco? I would really like to get a listener in Vatican City. Uh, it's funny, though, my biggest international audiences aren't in necessarily in Ireland. I, I missed Ireland. I apologize for that. Uh, and I guess if you're in the United Kingdom, that counts as Scotland and, and Wales and Northern Ireland, things like that. My biggest listenership is in. India, which they have a huge English-speaking population. Oh, so India has a ton of dialects in their country. So instead of just making people adopt, uh, I think it's Hindi. Hindi's the, the biggest language in there. Instead of making like the people that speak Urdu or whatever, Hakim or different languages in India, they just use English and why just out of in the top five or top four India and the United Kingdom are the only net you know have the large English speaking populations in Canada and Australia and Ireland and stuff like that are lower where you have a Russian Federation and Germany in there I realize that Germans a lot of Germans speak English you know that was her I guess because English is a, a uh, English Germanic language. If you didn't know that, because English comes from you ever hear Angles and the Sax Saxons, well Saxony and all that stuff. That's in Germany, and 
that our parent language of English is German. So if you go back, is, it, is, is from the Germanic tree of languages, I guess you call it. And uh, I don't want to get deep into that. I mean, not at this show. I don't want to bore the shit out of you. But if you show people that's this is just last couple months, these are listeners I had. I mean, Iran. I haven't. I would love it if uh, North Korea would show up there and the Vatican and maybe Monaco and some small countries like Swaziland and uh, Zimbabwe because they have a lot of English speakers. I, I really definitely have to get into make inroads into Africa. I mean, have the Ivory Coast. but And I think I had some South African. I had South Africa, the Republic of South Africa. But, you know, there's Nigeria, there's Kenya. They're native speakers. Egypt, I think I had Egyptian listeners in Egypt. And it's just amazing that when you tell someone on a radio show, and radio, you tell people, there's a radio has an online component too because you can almost listen to any radio show online so but their main component is terrestrial broadcast and you tell you tell someone like that you just up your credit like they said you know I've had someone in Tibet listening to me now what are there 24 million people in Tibet I'm just I'm that's a guess I don't know that I know Australia is in like 35 million Tibet. So it's very unlikely in Tibet that it's one, you know, we got some of the main lamas in there and stuff like that. And I don't think the Dalai Lama is in Tibet because the Chinese would probably take him out. I think I had Bhutan too. Bhutan is one of those Himalayan countries. It just amazes me that the access that we have to touching other people hear from the Florida Keys. I mean, from anywhere. Obviously, I could be anywhere as long as I have an internet connection or have a, uh, to broadcast live, I have, a, you have to have an internet connection to broad, um You don't necessarily have to have an internet connection to do a podcast. You could do a recording and you can have someone upload it. So you could be in the far north, north of the uh, Arctic Circle in, in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. And, do, and I'm sure there's a podcast from the north. And there's probably one. At, there's been podcasts from McMurdo, McMurdo Station, McMurdy Station, McMurdo Station in Antarctica. There's no reason why there shouldn't have been. There should have been one episode where someone called them up and they talked to them on the, on the radio or whatever. They used a satellite phone. And to do anything. Like right now, uh, the, the shame about the live component of it, because... This host, I'm speaking myself, is not consistent enough to show up at the same time. I guess if I guess if it was one of the things I was earning bread and butter with, I'd have to do that at five o'clock. Five o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Every day. Show up. There's my show. And if you want to listen to it live, you listen to it live. You could be like a radio. You know, if you want to listen to it, if you have obviously most people have some kind of data service where in at least in the West and I didn't mean I, I don't mean to poke fun at people in other countries and stuff like that but then you know they're getting access to Wi-Fi and things like that with the advent of cell phones a lot of these 
developing countries are foregoing the stringing of landlines for telephone and data. And when 5G comes along and then the other one, that the longer that, the more progress has made in technology, the less likely you're going to see landlines just uh, stringing up where people do the telephone and, and their internet. So it's unlikely that someone's in a developed country says, oh, we're going to have to string up the whole country. No, you don't have to string up the whole country. If it's a small country, you don't have to put up 500 towers, right? I mean, tiny country, right? Or a couple thousand towers. You still have to put up poles for the lines. Why wouldn't you just do the other ones where you don't have to spring, uh, you don't have to string wires? And when you have a loss of service, it's not like a domino effect. When you lose a line, it doesn't lose, you don't lose anything, everything down the line with, uh, cell service and internet and all those things. So you will see that more and more. So that's interesting when I tell people. I say, you know what? Uh, radio is there. Radio is still there and there's still a service for radio. Uh, obviously, if there is an asteroid strike, zombie apocalypse, alien attack, anything that turns civilization on its end, obviously there will probably be even more and more radio you see people you know power well they they have to get electricity but since more and more people are using renewable and developing their own source energy which is a good idea to have in the tropics considering tropical storms to have renewable energy access because if you lose power you you have access to generate your own be able to send signals to other people but that's pretty much what I have to say about that. And I like to impress people that are in the, in the radio. It's not really impressive to people that are on the Internet and say, well, listen, I have it. You know, I was on a Zoom call with this guy from Hong Kong, you know, or I was on chat roulette. And this guy, I saw this guy jerking off in Brunei. So what? You know, I don't care. You have an international thing. I have people all around the world. They have the influencers. And so the people that are on Instagram, TikTok, and all that stuff, they're not very impressed. But when you talk to an older person and say, I have a listener in Romania. You know, that was a dictatorship 30 years ago. And they're really impressed. They go, really? Wow, Romania. That's way off there. So... It's my little thing to press. And I had Poland, you know, I think Poland came along with, because I had been to a wedding and I told some people at the wedding, I have a podcast and listen to it. And they didn't really understand some of the silly shit I was saying. I think the humor doesn't track the same way, even though humor does, the, the Polish do have a very good sense of humor. But I wanted to move on to, I did my first, uh, you know, every day, I, I don't really talk about my routines here on the podcast. I don't know why. I'm not very secretive. I talk about almost everything else, right? I've talked about I'm trying to get a surgery, and I had it rescheduled. It, it'll, I mean, right now, the doctor's office is not even talking to me right now. I, I, I don't know what's going through the head. We're supposed to, They were supposed to call me yesterday, and I called them couple times yesterday, I called them a couple times today. I called neighboring offices maybe inside the practice, inside the, the doctor's practice to try to contact someone and maybe have them contact me to get 
further information on when the potential I can get my operation done because this doctor said I have to get this thing taken care of before time. You know, I'm, you guys all heard that before. Okay, so that that's one of my routines, getting up worrying about that. And I was really anxious about it. But it just seems when this pandemic came around and it's exploding right now and most of the listeners believe it's an, a real thing. And most of them can go through the numbers. You know, if we're getting 200,000 infections a day and more than 3,000 people dying a day, not all of them are motorcycle. I'm sorry to disagree with you. Not all of them are motorcycle accidents uh, set up as COVID-19 deaths. So I disagree with that. But uh, I I digressed on that point. What I'm saying is that I realize that when these these big problems are going around the world, that my little issue is not high up on the list at the doctor's office, right? With the the, the surgical coordinator, I'm uh, I'm aware that I am not the center of their universe. I'm I'm not even the center of my universe. You know, my family's the center of my universe. I just want to take it care of so it could be around longer for them to help help out, but. That's not part my routine. So I get up, I do my things. I was going to do the podcasting. That was my plan. I was doing the podcast today. Yes. So I get up. My daughter, my wife gets up, and she wakes up. My daughter. They get up to go to school. They get up around quarter after six. I'm at up at around quarter of seven. Even though, yeah, I'm a bartender. And I'm I work nights, but that's I'm a morning person. I think that happens to be because when you're fucking fifty-seven years old, you got to get up and pee you know, once during the night. And if I can hold off on the water and stuff like that, a lot of times I can hold off for seven hours. That is an exciting night for me. That's how it changes when you get a little older. Younger people, just listen to that. Take care of yourself. Um, But uh, I don't know how much taking care of yourself will keep you from getting up in the middle of the night peeing. But, you know, there's little victories. That's what we have to do. So, so I get up, seven o'clock. The first thing I do, a message pops up. It's... uh, quarter seven it's uh, uh from one of my co-workers i if you're an avid listener you realize i work part-time at a gym that is attached to a hospital and it's open to the public because we are a small community here in the upper keys and our community hospital is kind enough to have a well supplied and managed gym and well-staffed gym that's open to the public in order because there's not enough people in the hospital, you know, to do rehab and, and not enough uh, employees to, to keep a full staff on. They open it to the public to kind of uh, pad the payroll by having more members, which made a lot of sense. And I became a spin instructor there. So, and we'll get on to talking about how people are moving on to Peloton and stuff like that. So I get a phone call. They do a, at the gym, they were doing uh, uh, these classes and instead of having 20 people in it they have uh, about up to eight people and we keep them separate and we wear masks yes we wear masks when we're working out at a cardio thing right but hey listen soldiers wear masks and stuff like hunters and stuff like that usually you're expending a lot of energy you can you can breathe through them it's harder to breathe through them but then again exercise is harder isn't it it's not about doing things easily so I got this message that one of my coworkers was sick and may be sick for the next two weeks or more. And I, I am a selfish individual. I realize I'm a selfish individual, but I'm also aware 
that if I take care of the people around me, that they're more likely to feel uh, giving back when I need to be taken care of. So I know it sounds duplicitous, but as soon as someone needs help and I'm available, I'm like, what the hell? I haven't taught a class, a spin class in eight to nine months. It was back in March, I think. I've done spinning. I've been on a bike maybe 12, 15 times, but I haven't did it, haven't conducted a class for about, let me see, it's this, it's December. So it's about eight months. And I did my first one and I, with first one with a mask on, because a couple of times I go into the, the room by myself and I wouldn't wear a mask because it'd be the only one in the room. And then I just clean up everything. So I did my class. I got up and I did that and it went, went pretty well. You know, I always feel better. This one thing I always said, I said in previous podcast, if you're feeling depressed, anxious, uh, restless, do something for yourself. And for me, that's exercise. And exercise is really good. Taking a walk, talking to a friend. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to go up and see them. Uh, Close, you can maintain a social distance. And I realize, I realize gyms are, uh, you know, kind of the focal point of where these happen but people have it's a a gym is a place where people maintain their mental and their physical well-beings so it's important to them and I'm not talking about just maintaining if you need a buff body or things like that I'm talking about that's what they that's what they do to get themselves you know there and not everyone can afford uh, a Peloton you know or one of those mirror things. It's an opportunity. They're going to say, hey, listen, be responsible. Buy one of these mirrors. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great invention. I'm not going to poo-poo that. You heard me say that before. But a lot of people get more motivated. And if you ever try to work out by yourself, just go and run and do things by yourself or do things with a person yelling at you over the phone or through a Zoom call or whatever you want to do. Or over, you know, if you have a, a remote, if you're working out remotely or by yourself, the motivation level is different than when you're surrounded by other people that are doing it. And not, I'm not saying packed in there. So you seem to commit, commit more of an effort. And I did. I didn't know how I'd fare doing it. I did all right. I'm not saying I did my uh, 100% workout because when you're a spin instructor, you got to work out too. And I, you know... I view when I'm looking at someone working out, I can tell if they have, I can tell by the way they're doing it and the way their feet are moving and how much I can tell if they're applying pressure or if they have low resistance and they're just coasting. You're just coasting. You know, you just have the thing where your feet are moving up and down real fast. Hey, that helps some people. I imagine it does, but it doesn't help as much people if you have a little resistance in there and you're breathing heavy and stuff like that. And I seen there was a woman in there and you could tell, man, she was having a hard time with that mask, but she kept her mask on. I'm watching her. I said, boy, what a trooper. And I tell people, I said, listen, if you need to stop to get water, stop, get off. I'm not going to say shit. If you need to use the bathroom, do all this stuff. You showed up here. And I'm real. And some people may view that as selfish. I'm a bartender. And I work in one of the places where it's probably, though I'm not my particular
particular restaurant, but the industry itself is, and I know it pisses off people that are in it, but it's the worst place to go if you don't want to transmit or be infected with this virus. And I still work there. I made a strategic decision before COVID to go into this industry. I don't know why. It's a hard one. I mean, it's a hard industry to work in. You don't really, you, you do, the longer you work in here, the more money. If you stay put, and this is my view, if you stay put at a place, especially my kind of place where there's more tourists and you connect with the tourists and you connect with the locals, the locals will come and see you. And once you get connect with the tourists, the ones that come back and say, hey, listen, if you go in there and year after year, your numbers go off and you see the people and as you get to know your income goes up. It's kind of like giving yourself a little raise each year by being thoughtful and kind. And that's why I did that. And I decided I had all these side businesses where I have a, you know, and if you're an avid listener, you heard the side business. I got this mobile notary thing. I know they do electronic verification and notary and stuff like that. But I do this thing where I, people need real estate transactions a will sign in Florida. You can actually, a, uh, a notary can perform a marriage ceremony. And there's some people that just need a signature. When they just need a signature, I just send them to uh, UPS or something like that. Because if they come to me, if I have my stamp and they come to me and someone just needs a signature verified and they show that stuff, I, I normally don't really charge them anything. But the mobile part is where I make my money. So I have to go there. They don't want to travel. They got to go. They, they don't feel safe. They want me to come in there, wear a mask. They don't want to go anyplace else. There's people that are really fearful about that. They don't know that now. Because after months of the pandemic, we just see the people going out there. There's people that are going out there not caring. Right? They'd say about most of the transmission occurs in about 10% of the population. And that bears well out in the, the numbers because the 10% of the population is, what, 32 million people. Um, uh, currently, we have four, 15, 14, uh, 15 million verified infections, right? Uh, so, uh, with the notary thing, and that that's my side business. But I did years, uh, years ago, I, I started with delivery, and then the online app came around. I mean, I was like a guy who uh, de- developed a, let's say, a, a small Zeppelin company, right, in 1900. Yeah, we just had balloons, and say, oh, this is going to be great because we can go over large bodies of water and we can put a propeller on it. We can go up to 50 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, take them over there and we go over, you know, go over the water and come, we can go internationally. It was great. You you know, he's going to love it. And then all the fucking airplane gets invented. So that's like me with my delivery thing. I was trying to get delivery off because it was hard to get deliveries in the keys. So that, um, I was on the end of when all these apps started coming out. When you started getting Instacart and things like that. I would go to the mainland to get things for Whole Foods for, for people with money. Or tourists who were coming into town that didn't want to have this. The first thing to do, they have to go shopping. If they were renting a house, they just want to have liquor and everything. Uh, uh, food just put in their place. And some of these 
people thought, hey, this is great. These people that are renting properties, this guy will go and get it. But then I started getting competition. I said, well, I'm not going to compete because then I have to drop my price because people with these apps, the people that have the app takes a portion of profits and they're all in competition with each other. So they were doing it for half the price. I said, fuck that. And then I decided to do, hey, you know what? There's only a couple transportation companies down here. How hard is it to get a transportation company? I'll do airport trips. People need someone dependable to get to the airport, right? And I'll just book them. And the people that book, I go and drop them off, pick up, get busy enough. I can pick up some people and then put, bring back some people. And I'll own the company and I'll do the driving. And then eventually I can hire other people. Because there was only one service, which is gone now. It was called uh, Keys something or other. I forgot. Oh, Christ. But they used to do a shuttle. Key shuttle. That was it. Key shuttle. And you go, and it was still, they do it for like $20 less or $30 less than I would charge. But there'd be like six, seven people on there. So if you're getting picked up in like marathon, you have to be, you're, you're getting all these other six other pickups. So it's, you got to get on there three hours uh, early. Or four hours before your flight, five hours before your flight, because you're picking up other people. The same thing goes when you're coming back. They have to drop off other people. And if you're further south, if you're top of the keys, it was a great deal. It was a great deal. If you're being picked up in Miami International Airport and you're heading back, top of the keys, you get dropped at 90 bucks, you know, back and forth. I mean, or it's a one-way trip, I think. So I was charging like 125 But then people started getting... Uh, Uber was around, but there was nobody down here with Uber. There's not enough pop- population, right? There's not enough concentration of population to, to make Uber viable or like Uber Eats or all this thing. They're not, it's, it's hard to make them viable in the Keys I was, because this is the reason I got into it because everything in the Keys, there's no circular delivery pattern. It's all straight down the line, meaning there's one road, into Keys. It's one road. US 1 goes 126 miles from the mainland all the way down to Key West. So when people are making deliveries down here, they go down. I mean, they can leave one side of the street down the other, but a lot of times they go. people that go down to Key West, they come back empty. Now when you do a delivery on the mainland, I'll just pick Miami. You start out in the circle and you do your last one at the end of the circle right near where your depot is, where you pick up, you finish up. That's where you finish up. Here, most of the time, a lot of times, unless you're doing uh, all the way up the top of the Keys, if you're delivering down to Key West and stuff like that, you're coming back 100 miles empty. And that is the, one of the most inefficient ways to do it. Except the only ones that really does, does it well is probably UPS because and the U.S. Mail because they got to bring things back and forth, things sent, things back. But usually... There's a lot more things coming down that are going back up because of the way people consume and the way we don't produce here. So we're not producing things and sending them out as much. So you got that those things, and then that didn't really work out. The airport run because you had you know like there was more people getting involved in it, and then I had this one idea that a couple places in the United States had. I just heard about it because when I was doing. The delivery thing, someone had asked, can I get a crib? 
and I said, well, yeah, I can get a crib. And, and then I thought, wow, how about all these people that came in to, you know, with infants and toddlers and they needed pack and plays, car seats and things like that. They were traveling on an airplane. Let's say they didn't want to have to bring everything down and pay for it, lug it around. Why don't I rent that to them? Well, that was working out with gangbusters. The first year I made, with very little advertising, maybe $3,000, and I made around, uh, I made a little more the next year. And But then it looked like, wow, I'm spreading around. I'm going to have to hire someone. And maybe I can make, you know, $20,000, $30,000 a year with it, which is a nice side side gig. And I realized when it, if it got up to, if it had got up to 30000 I wouldn't have been able to do that by myself. Uh, and I wouldn't want to do that. And it's not enough to live down here. And I, you'd be hustling your ass off for that. And I have to maintain a huge inventory. So I brought in a partner. But then there was um, online. And once again, online app came around. Someone came around and said, hey, they'll, they'll supply the app and the equipment. And you'll they deliver it. And these people were working for about 60% of what I was charging. And I said, I realized I did not want to compete uh, to a drive to the bottom for the charge of what I would do. So I left that. And then the notary thing just came. I said, you know what? I, one day I decided it cost $125 to become a notary. And then I was able to marry someone. If you're reasonably extroverted, you know, meeting different people. So I was able, I, I the first year I performed three marriages and five marriages. And, you know, you make anywhere from, I was charging a lot less than other people. I realized that. I said, oh man, I better not be one of those, I don't want to be one of those hacks that charge that. I wanted to be, you know, so I, I, I started bringing my price up and then, you know, if you do five weddings a year, it pays fivefold over that. And then the notary stuff, if I got, if I really wanted to get involved with that, take some more time off, I just hook up with some law firms and law firms needed people to print out documents, take them to the courthouse, get them signed down here, uh, do an overnight mailing for them. You know, and as a notary, I'd be able to notarize a signature. Um, as long as, I mean, there was a tricky part with that because I can't be financial. I can't have financial gain through it, even though I'm working for it. So it wasn't that because I'm just being paid for the notary and the delivery thing. There's no additional financial gain for getting someone to sign something like that. I get paid no matter what. So that that looked good. And this past year, that would that that notary thing, you know, would add another couple thousand to my revenue stream. If I really want to push it. I probably can push that to like ten, fifteen thousand a year, which would probably pay for pay for my trip to Poland, which I think I'm gonna to try to push that a little later on. I'm gonna beef up my website. So if you ever need to be married down here, I told people in previous if you're an avid listener, you can come down here. If you're a listener and you want to get married, I will do it for free for you. But we're not gonna I mean I'm not gonna spend the whole day doing I'll show up and do the ceremony stuff like that I know I'm dragging it back and stuff like that but if you're uh, we'll just you know come and perform the ceremony for you and stuff like that free of charge if you're a listener I know don't go and say hey if you get married down there just listen to that I want to know that you're listening you're going to have to tell me about some of the shows so you're going to have to, you're going to have to answer some questions you'll have to know about Luke and Bill and 
Papa Joe and Steve and maybe even go back to Connor. Remember Connor? Connor was one of the co-hosts originally. So, so today, one of the other things I do is a spin instructor besides being a bartender. And those, see how I go off track like that? I got off track. So as a bartender, I am enthused about going into work. I mean, if you're not enthused about going to work, you're going to be one of those grump bartenders. And I've been a grump bartender before. Because, you know, when you're not physically feeling well, you know, people are coming in and, you know, sometimes they talk politics or they shit talk your team or the place or Philadelphia or the place you come from or they're total assholes. Now, that's a rarity. I always said that. It's a rarity. But every so often you get someone that's a total asshole. And luckily, I don't have any regulars like that. But, and I think total assholes end up bouncing from place to place because they get bounced from place to place. It's just the nature of being an asshole. People won't put up with you. They'll stop serving you. They'll put up roadblocks. They'll just say, hey, listen, we're not really, you're not doing anything for us. You're not doing anything for the ambiance of our establishment. So why don't you just get the fuck out? So, but most most people, and I always said this about people, that most people that sit at the bar are sweethearts, good people. You know, even, I mean, you could be the biggest, toughest asshole in the world, but you're not going to get served at the same place forever. I mean, maybe you can if you're one of those small town bullies where they run the thing, but then eventually the whole town gets together and they decide you got to go and they end up fucking killing you in the middle of the night after closing to get you drunk. And they say, well, we don't know what happened to Bob or Tom or Jim. Jim? Yeah, Jim Jim went out. He was drinking. He drank something. They went outside and all of a sudden he disappeared. You know, because... Uh, you don't want to really do that in the Keys because there's so many good places uh, in this part of Florida that are great for hiding a body. I think we, uh, I think I may have done an episode, and this is episode 349. I may have done an episode where I mentioned that. Yes, yes, I have. I know it several times because we have obviously we have the Everglades, got plenty of crocodiles and alligators, depending on how much you mix mismatch of the, the salt water. Crocodiles are salt water. Alligators are fresh water, but there's areas where they co-mingle where there's a mix of salt. Hey, that's a great place to go. There's sharks and there, I mean a swamp. You just put them in a swamp and at the bottom there, you know, in a, there's mangroves at the bottom of the street. Man, there's mangroves uh, 300 yards from where I am right now. And it is acre after acre of mostly submerged uh, uh, swampland. Swampland. It's coastal coastal mangroves. And it is every every foot or two, there's a, a small tree. And it's a bitch. No one gets in there. I mean, there's probably bales of decaying cocaine and weed and money in there. You know, if people want to really take a look, but you really have to look, you know, that's, you know, every so often people say, oh, they found, I found this washed up along the side. Uh, 
and maybe on the next one uh no no i there was uh some fisherman that found a bale of cocaine i think in the last 10 years it's about probably the last 10 years and he decided he wanted to set up his own distribution thing for the cocaine that he found and he ended up uh uh, killing one of his uh, distributors and uh, the uh, the guy's girlfriend. Uh, so, you know, it's not the best. I know you know, people people call me a put. You may call me a pussy, but if you find uh, a bale of uh, cocaine, uh, you know, it's best to turn it over to authorities if you're not going to use it for personal use. You know, if you don't try to distribute it yourself. Uh, but marijuana, on the other hand, you may be wasting your time with marijuana because right now there is a bill in the U.S. House of Representatives to decriminalize uh, or take it off the uh, schedule as an illegal drug, which will change, you know, it'll just uh, change the, the, and then they're going to, they're talking about, uh, expunging records and things like that because obviously if you make it legal you, you can't have someone in jail for trafficking marijuana if it's legal now, right? Unless they committed another crime during the trafficking. See, I could have been a lawyer too. See, that was my strategic thing. Being a lawyer now would have been a problem. Um, but right now, I've done my 41 minutes, 42 minutes. I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, I'm glad I picked bartending because I get to talk to you guys. And I know it's not currently a huge audience, but I do care about your well-being. And if I don't, and because it's a, the holidays, I know I, I mentioned uh, it's COVID Christmas, and it's probably the biggest thing we're probably going to remember about this year. Even though there's big ones too, you know, the election of uh, Joe Biden. You know, you may disagree with that. Um, I'm sorry. There's there is a site for you to commiserate with people. Um, a, a social media site, but oh yeah, that it's a parlay or parlor. If there, if there's, if it's, if it's for the French word to to speak, it's parlay. It could be parlor, but they have an open content policy, and it seems as if they're they are getting inundated inundated with porn, and that's the problem with open content. I mean, even Twitter and Facebook and Facebook is better, but Twitter even every so often I'll see uh, in Facebook you'll see a, uh, a vagina or a penis on uh, a Twitter. Uh, Facebook not so much, but uh, they they usually uh, they but Twitter Twitter is so I guess because there's so much content going on tweeting tweeting is a short short content thing that and even on. What's that? The other Tumblr. Tumblr is Tumblr sounds like it would be a dating site, wouldn't it? But here we are. Uh, I just wanted to say it's you. This Christmas, probably, and this 2020, we're going to remember uh, the pandemic. And I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying mentally healthy as well as physically healthy. Uh, it is a real thing right now. The vaccine's coming out, so we have something to look forward to in 2021. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if we practice social distancing and wear a mask and all those things, and I know I'm, I'm I, listen, I'm, 
I'm working as a bartender, but I got to feed my family, right? What am I going to do? I'm living in Florida. Florida is not the most, um, not the place if you want a big social net, the you know safety net to, to protect you if something were to happen. Florida is not the place to be. Better to be in another state. Um, it's more of an independent thing. But I, I'm still strong and all that stuff. And uh, it is ravaging. Uh, Florida just came out with a story of how uh, the governor has suppressed our COVID statistics and our hospitalization numbers and things like that. And that may be the problem with the, I'm not getting the surgery. But, I mean, I am going to get the surgery eventually. When they call me back, if I can get a hold of them, I'm going to have to call them some way. I may have to go to the office and talk to them. Uh, that, I mean, I mean, go without an appointment and say, hey, listen, you got you to call, you got to talk to me. What are you going to do? Uh, I am sidetracked anyway. But no, this is for the listeners. It's not about me. You take care of yourself. If you have any problems or anything, reach out to somebody to talk to. If you have any questions, send me a, uh, an email at jim at keysbartender.com. I'm changing all the things to Keys Bartender. You won't see Florida Keys Bartender anymore because you should be able to understand that. People should understand it's Keys Bartender. If they're going to search for it, they're not going to say, I'm looking for a podcast in the Florida Keys. No. Just put Keys Bartender. If the key shows up, it'll show up. Okay? Uh, Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I will be back to you. I'll probably be back on Tuesday. We'll do a couple of shows. Uh, Take care. God bless. And uh, talk to you later. Oh, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Yeah, like I said, Instagram is Instagram. You can follow us. I don't do a lot with that. I should. But when I'm going to post a lot of pictures, I'm not like a a chick that does a lot of uh, selfie shots. That was so misogynistic. I am so sorry. Uh, Goodbye. Take care. Here's some nice music for you.